Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I want to quickly thank every single person that has tuned in to anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle Podcast to listen to all of my podcast episodes about AEW and in the past WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Ring of Honor, and NWA, and whatever else I could think of. It has been an amazing journey ever since I started the Square Circle Podcast back on October 19th, 2019, after a horrible ending to WWE Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, which I'm never going to let that down. And this is how the Square Circle Podcast got started. And it's also a play on the famous SCU whenever they did their bits of this is the worst time I've ever been in, and then they'll just scream SCU. I want to do the same effect with SCP, but I just don't do it at all. But I just want to let you know that little tidbit of how the Square Circle Podcast got started and definitely a little bit more behind the name. This is not an introduction podcast episode to bore you guys, but just as a thank you to all of the currently now 521 total plays of my podcast episodes on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. I want to thank each and every person that has listened to these episodes and whether or not you give me feedback, which I'm always asking for feedback and some conversation going. I know that you care because the numbers are there. So ladies and gentlemen who live in Virginia, New Jersey, Ohio, Texas, New York, Washington, North Carolina, Connecticut, South Dakota, Florida, Illinois, Oregon, and California. From the bottom of my heart, I am Marie Shadows, and I thank you so very much for listening to the Square Circle Podcast, where I talk about professional wrestling. I hope you learned something new that I bring to this podcast because of my knowledge of professional wrestling and my time on the indies and also my time in WWE. It is amazing that podcasters have now connected everybody with some type of form of entertainment and media. And again, thank you guys for bringing my play count all the way up in such a short time. And I am truly thankful for it. If you want to continue to support the Square Circle Podcast, always make sure to listen to the Square Circle Podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. Or if you want the complete ad version where I will give you a personal shout out like I do with my Patreon mags, I give him a shout out. He knows I do. And I appreciate his time and effort to help me out and also support the podcast. If you want a personal shout out on these episodes going forward, please make sure to visit the Patreon side, patreon.com forward slash rookie SCP. Only for $5 a month, you get the ad version of the podcast. You also get every month a new chapter of my murder mystery wrestling novel called Rookie. That's all you have to do. Head over to patreon.com forward slash rookie SCP if you want to support me that way. If not, you could definitely support me here on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. You will be getting ads. So just make the decision, whatever you wish, whatever you want. But the amount of listens that I have and the amount of my audience 
is sort of priceless. It is up to you. No pressure. I thank you either way. And I just love you guys for listening. Now, let's get into the topic of AEW Dynamite that debuted on September 9th, 2020. This is what the podcast will be about. I will be reviewing very quickly AEW Dynamite. I just did my review of AEW All Out. And then I also have All Out of Elite, which is a video essay, a snapshot of AEW All Out's AEW Tag Team Championship match of the once former tag team champions of Heyman Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus FTR. I took that match, made it a snapshot, did research, explained the whole entire story arc from beginning to end. And I hope you guys enjoyed that. I put a lot of work into that as much as I can. And that was one of my unique best things that I've done. And I enjoyed doing it. So if you guys want to support that, go over and listen to it on Anchor or on the Patreon site. As you know, let me not bore you guys with so many plugs. Let's jump right into AEW Dynamite. The first thing I want to say about AEW Dynamite is that I love the fact that this episode is like a restart of AEW in a way. AEW All Out was the pay-per-view where most of the storylines ended for new chapters in these storylines to form on the next AEW show. I personally love that. I do not want to see a pay-per-view and then come to the main show and it's the same matches, just try with different dialogue. Hence, WWE, what WWE does. AEW does not do that. AEW makes sure that the storylines that have been told on TV for a while gets either their correct ending or they get an ending and then start something new with the same underlining fundamentals. So that's what I appreciate about this AEW Dynamite that we're going to be talking about. It is a restart and it's beautiful. It felt fresh and it felt nice. AW Dynamite starts off with Jericho and MJF meeting up and talking about their all-out pay-per-view matches and how they agree that the referee messed up with MJF, so that's why MJF is not champion, and that because Jericho got thrown into the mimosa and lost the match, and that's how they started off. But then they walk away and call each other losers, and it's great. Like, wow. Then we get our opening match of the night, which is Jurassic Express taking on Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros as a tag team is phenomenal. It is great. This match was fast paced. This match was great. Jurassic Express has been stepping up their game ever since feeling like they're breaking out on their own to be a really great contender in the rankings of the tag team division. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus work well together as a tag team. So does Lucha Bros. Penta does a Canadian Destroyer on Phoenix by accident. And this allows Jurassic Express to take advantage. And Jurassic Express picks up the victory in this match. Then we see a semi-possible breakup and falling out between the Lucha Bros. And I'm all for it. As much as the Lucha Bros are a great tag team, I want to see them go off into being singles competitor just because I want to see how they 
work without each other. I know they're going to be working great without each other, but sometimes in tag teams, you can tell which one is a star and which one is not so much going to be the star where people will not gravitate towards. Me, I personally gravitate towards Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix has a lot more creativity going on in his arsenal, and sometimes it's amazing to watch, and I'm captivated by it. However, this potential breakup is teased but doesn't happen because Eddie Kingston acts like a freaking Hispanic parent. Eddie Kingston is gold, and I enjoy watching him on my TV screen. It's just that he acts like a freaking parent, and I'm like, this is what you got to deal with with Hispanic families. You really do. Oh, and by the way, if anyone gets offended, I'm half Puerto Rican, so I can say shit. Okay, cool? Cool. Eddie Kingston also calls out Pac, and I totally miss Pac. Where is Pac? Like, I know we have this travel ban and stuff like that, but I miss him. I miss him so much. Other than that, Eddie Kingston gets the Lucha Bros to hug it out, which, by the way, this whole entire segment was a little painful and cringy, and I was like, um, why? Why are we having this? After that, we get a promo from Jake Roberts and Lance Archer about the fact that Lance Archer has to face John Moxley for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. The location was nice. It was raining. It's like, where did you guys do that at? After that, we go back into the ring and have Matt Hardy come out and Matt Hardy issues his apology. I mentioned this very quickly on the other episode of me talking about AEW All Out, but I'll just reiterate it here. Matt Hardy apologizes for putting us, the fans, through a stressful freak accident where him and Sammy Guevara overshot a spot that has probably been done a million times. He looked to be in good spirits. He looked to be happy. He said that when he becomes 100% healthy again, he'll be back in the wrestling ring. And I totally appreciate that from Matt Hardy. And I love that Matt Hardy is a stand-up guy. After Matt Hardy's apology, we get Orange Cassidy versus Angelico. Orange Cassidy is the winner of this match. Angelico showed a very diverse wrestling style. Apparently, it's a Mexican style wrestling style. Orange Cassidy has a newfound aggression where he's coming into matches and fighting and showing people what he got. I think his feud with Jericho, as much as it's been drawn out, has really helped. Orange Cassidy get over more because I barely see comments on the Twitter side about people not liking Orange Cassidy. After that, Santana and Ortiz come out and attack Orange Cassidy. Best friends come out and save Orange Cassidy and then throw out the issue to have a parking lot fight on the next Dynamite. Next, we get the segment of trying to find out who is going to be the best man for Kip Sabian at his wedding when he marries Penelope Ford. And we get Miro. Miro makes his All Elite Wrestling debut on AEW Dynamite. For the sake of this podcast, Miro is a Bulgarian professional wrestler who has an accolade of many, many accomplishments. AEW picking up Miro is definitely great for them. And it'll be great for himself as well. And he looked to be very happy to be there. And I'm happy to see where he goes and what storylines they have for him. And the whole entire friendship that him and Kip share. And I think their friendship is just because they're Twitch guys. I don't know. Hmm. 
And I find it kind of ironic that Kip chooses Miro, which his twin brother, Rusev, who looks exactly like him, messed up a wedding at one point or had a wedding, you know, in WWE with Lana and all that and then messed it up. So I find it kind of funny that AEW would do this kind of poke fun at WWE type of thing. But um, I'm happy that Miro is in All Elite Wrestling. And I definitely love the line that he said that Elite recognizes Elite. I'm still trying to get there. And by trying to get there, you guys are listening to this podcast and having me talk. But yeah, Miro has been chosen as Kip's best man and is now All Elite. After that, we get a backstage segment of Alex Marvez trying to get a word with the Young Bucks and trying to see where they're at. And when Alex knocks on the door way too many times, the Young Bucks gets a little angry and annoyed, opens it, and super kicks Alex Marvez. Poor guy. Next, we get the Hangman interview. Oh, man. This interview is so heavy. It is so done right and it's so brilliant. Because we all feel for Hangman. Hangman is spiraling down. Soon he'll be depressed out of everything. And he still blames himself. And the one way that he copes with all these feelings that he has is still drinking his shot of whiskey and not realizing that he's not the fuck up that Kenny and the Young Bucks say he is. And what FTR suggestively planted into his head. Hangman Adam Page has a lot of potential. He has the star power. He's going to be a breakout star after this hurdle. But if we all really look at it, he represents us. Hangman represents everyone that has confidence. Yet, there are people out there that will tell you that you don't have the talent for it when they can clearly see that you do have the talent for it. It may not be the same talent that they put out into the world the way that they want to, but the talent that you have, the creativity that you have, you put it out into your own way. And sometimes people don't like it that way. Sometimes people are like, that's not how you do it. That's not tradition. That's not how it's supposed to go down. It's supposed to go down like X, Y, and Z, like how I'm supposed to be doing it. Hangman represents everybody that has ever been told that they're a fuck up and that their talent doesn't matter and that they should have no confidence. But yet then he still goes and tries to reconcile with people who tell him that and tries to reconcile the fact that he knows that he's still good. It's just that the wrong people are telling him that he's not when they know that he is. And he represents all of us. There's times where me as a content creator, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if people actually like what I say or if they're learning from the knowledge that I have and the experiences that I have because I don't get feedback. I don't get anything at all. I do get people telling me that I'm a light. I'm a bright light in the wrestling community. And I took that to heart and it's locked away in my heart and I'm running, I'm running with it. That's because I know that I can help people and tell them that it's going to be okay and that you just got to push on. The same thing with Hangman. Hangman is so drowned into his mistakes 
that he doesn't realize that there were certain factors that ultimately made him the scapegoat for him to feel like this. If we really look at it, and this is going to be like another freaking video essay, I just can't get over this storyline. I just can't. Really look at it. Hangman got easily manipulated because he thought that the elite wasn't really there for him as a friend. He's hanging with the guys, but he doesn't feel like he's one of the guys. So the moment that you find someone that connects with you on your goals and the environment that you grew up in, you know, the town that you grew up in, and you guys are similar, you want to feel connected with that because that's what you know. That's what you feel comfortable around. You don't feel comfortable around those that pretend to want to have you around, but never really include you in stuff. Like you're included, but not like 100% included. You're like 80% included being there with them, getting the experience with them. And so that way they could be like, oh, remember the one time I brought you along for something? Yeah, that type of thing. Hangman was just easily... Hangman was easily fooled and attached to something that he wanted because he wasn't getting it from the friends he thought he had. And then when he when he thought he fucked everything up, he felt bad that he lost his friends. First of all, if you're a champion, you should be able to pick who you want to fight. You shouldn't have to follow the lead of Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega is best friends with the Young Bucks and they always have a fantastic match after match after match with them. You should follow your heart and want to try to fight different competition. That happened, but Hangman was already broken at this point, and he's breaking even further. And in that sit-down interview with Tony Schiavone, I loved it so much because Tony empathizes with Hangman as the person and not the wrestler and tells him to still hang in there because he cares about him. We all care about him. Hell, I miss his smile. I do want to say that there's an important line in that sit-down interview that's very, very powerful. So during that interview, Hangman Adam Page tells Tony Schiavone, I know that inside I'm just like everyone else, but I feel like head to toe, I'm just full of poison. If that's not very good storytelling and telling of Hangman's character that right now, he has no confidence in himself. I don't know what is. That's perfect. Sometimes that happens with people. Sometimes when you get to the bottom of the bottle or when you're at rock bottom because everything just went wrong and it wasn't supposed to go wrong, you don't know how to climb back up. And sometimes you want to put yourself down and all this confidence leaves you. And confidence in Hangman Adam Page left him after that night at All Out, especially when Kenny did not catch him when he fell. And I feel so much more for Hangman than I do for Kenny. I usually tell everybody all over the internet and even on this podcast that I am a huge Kenny Omega fan and I respect his whole entire career and he's like my number one. Now it's Kenny, I still love you. Kenny, you're still doing great. You're awesome. You still uh, do amazing storylines. Now it's all, I want to see Hangman succeed and I want to see Hangman come up from this depression because it's killing me. And I think that it's killing me because in real life, it, it hits close to home. And 
you know, you on the other end listening to this might be like, oh, well, I hope she knows it's fake and it's not real. But this is a real ass story that anyone can relate to. And I've related to this so hard and it's a little shocking to me. But I think that tells me that I'm growing as a person and my perspective is changing about the world and about people and that we should definitely be empathetic towards people that we've grown attached to and try to understand why they do the things that they do and why they continue want to self-wallow and stuff and, you know, try to get them back up on their feet. And I think that Hangman just needs that little push to get back up on his feet and he'll definitely be back to the cowboy that we all love. So that whole entire interview really stood out to me and I really enjoyed it and it's definitely heartbreaking. But Hangman should know that as his fan base, we're always there for him and I personally want to see him smile. And I do not care if anyone out there is going to make fun of me for enjoying something that I love. I don't care. You guys could do it. If you do, I will bury your ass. You heard it right here. Other than that, what I would love to see is Hangman turn his emotion into anger and try to have a redemption story and go after Kenny Omega. And I want to see that. I do not want to see Hangman go for the tag team titles. Kenny Omega already made up his mind in his interview during that night with JR. Yeah. I'd rather see Hangman and the Page versus Kenny Omega in a feud because they really need it. He needs it. He needs redemption and he also needs Kenny and the Young Bucks to apologize to him. And then apologize all to each other and make sure that the friendship is stronger than ever and that Hangman is included in stuff. Hangman is not the same as the Young Bucks and Kenny. Hangman does what he does. But yeah, that's what I would like to see. After the Hangman interview, we get Sunny Kiss and Joy Janela taking on Jericho and Jake Hager. Sunny Kiss and Joy Janela are a wonderful tag team. It works so brilliantly that I'm a little shocked. And Sunny Kiss has the best forearm attack in the business. Sunny Kiss and Janela taking advantage of the tag team match. They jumpstart it and they have the advantage over Jericho and Hager. Janela uses a chair on Jericho. Hager does the Hager bomb, but Sunny uses the trash can to stop that. Jericho and Janela fight on the stage. Jericho catapults Janela into Hager so Hager can throw Janela into a table. Sunny comes in and he has his flurry of attacks. Hager then does a submission to Hager then does a submission to Sunny Kiss, allowing Jericho and Hager to pick up the victory in this tag team match. Then Jericho grabs the microphone and claims that him and Hager are going to enter into the tag team division, climbing their way up to the ladder to eventually receive a title shot. I love the fact that AEW is full of tag team and it's very deep in the tag team game. However, I don't know why we need Jericho and Hager, but they're not going to be doing anything much in singles competition, so why not, right? This is why I want Hangman and Kenny Omega to feud so we can see them in singles action. I don't think it's right for Hangman to go into tag team competition at this moment. Then we get an MJF promo where he basically fires his whole campaign staff and 
tells Warlow that there's still business needs to be done and that Warlow follows MJF. There is a John Moxie promo, and this was one of the best promos that I enjoyed watching him do, which I liked. John Moxley captivates people a lot. Then we get to the FTR celebration where Tully is great on the mic, and then you have the members of FTR just trolling people around the ring. Oh my God, it was such a great segment. Really, really great segment. And Dax Harwood looks really great in the suit. And also, they had some jokes, man. They antagonize Jurassic Express. They get out of harm's way, but the ice cooler gets thrown on them, and then everybody eats cake. Next, we get Taz being at the announce booth, and he says that there's a scuttlebutt going around, and for some reason, I like that word, scuttlebutt. So Taz better keep using scuttlebutt. It's just funny and cute, I guess. Um, Ricky Starks comes out and basically cosplays as Darby Allen and... Ricky Starks is such a star. I love the fact that AEW gave him a chance and gave him his own platform. And it's amazing. He's going to be a star. Next, we get Tay Conti versus Nyla Rose. Tay Conti just signed her AEW contract. Congratulations to her. She is really great in the ring and she works really well with Anna Jay. And they're going to be a really good tag team once that gets all fleshed out. In this match, I loved it because Tay Conti took Nyla Rose to the limit. Tay Conti knows what she's doing and it feels like a wrestling match. It doesn't feel like two hits and then pander to the crowd, two hits, pander to the crowd, or one hit. And you stay there for 10 minutes selling and it's bad. No, this was a continuous match where Tay Conti tried a knee bar on Nyla Rose. She's not afraid to wrestle in the ring. She also uses the mentality of that no move should be wasted. She also runs with the mentality of that no move should be wasted. Conti tries for a cross body to Nyla Rose, but that doesn't seem to face her. And then Nyla does the beast bomb to Tay Conti to pick up the win. Sheeta then comes out to protect Tay Conti from any more attacks from Nyla Rose and her manager, Vicky Guerrero. Now we get the Kenny interview. Kenny's facial expressions and his mannerisms are interesting in this interview. They had JR do the interview for this one, and JR is a sports broadcaster. If they would have had Tony Schiavone, it would have not worked. It would have had a really bad effect for it. But because JR is such a broadcaster, he has to ask the broadcaster-like questions to Kenny Omega. And Kenny now wants to do things for Kenny Omega and wants to be a single star and wants to be the best bout machine, probably. And he has no interest in reconciling with Hangman Adam Page to try to form a tag team and try to have Hangman let him know that he's able to get the belt again. Now we get to the main event of AEW Dynamite, which is Dustin versus Brody Lee. It felt like a big man fight. It felt really heavy. It felt important. Before the bell rings, Dustin decides to attack early on Brody Lee. Dustin at one point gets the upper hand and then Brody Lee switches around to where he gets the upper hand. And then Dustin does a back body drop to Brody into the table. They're fighting on the outside, finally come back into the ring. And it is an all-out brutal match. 
between each competitor trying to one up each other and Dustin Rhodes hitting the crossroads on Brody Lee and also hitting a Canadian destroyer. But none of those moves put away Brody Lee. And unfortunately, after two big kicks from Brody Lee and the discus lariat from Brody Lee to Dustin, Brody Lee retains the TNT championship title. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was all for AEW Dynamite that premiered on September 9th, 2020. Again, I want to thank everyone that has tuned in to listen to an episode of me talking about professional wrestling or just me talking about my novel called Rookie. Professional wrestling is definitely my passion. I love it more than anything in life. It is my first love, and I enjoy talking about it with everyone and anyone. I am excited to see where AEW goes in the future. Again, I am always available for hiring if any of the AEW staff members listen to this. I do have ideas on how to improve the women's division that I've said previously on my podcast episodes. I will gladly be the producer and the behind the scenes person for the women to give them a spotlight to make sure that we understand their motives, we understand their characters, we understand what drives them. Because I don't know any of these women. And I can help them out with vlogs or anything like that. You know, I have a ton of knowledge and I love this business to death. And I love the guys that put the hard work into it. All the stories that we talk about on here, I'm attached to them. I'm able to tell you what I feel about them and how they interact with real life and how they help others. It's just a way for me to give back because now I know what purpose I have and what I love to do. And what I love to do is talking about professional wrestling, being a what I love to do is talking about professional wrestling, writing about professional wrestling, and just being there with the guys. This is the only sport that I know. I know nothing else. And this is what brings me joy. This is what brings me happiness. And I hope that this episode brings you the same feeling that I get when I talk about it. As always, you can always support the podcast by listening to it on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast over on the Patreon side, patreon.com forward slash rookie SCP. And if you enjoyed listening to this, I highly thank you. I appreciate you continuing to share, continue to let other people know that I am a podcaster, Marie Shadows, Square Circle Podcast. And I will see you guys in the next episode.